Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24. Hallelujah. Lord, open the eyes of our hearts to receive your word today. Lord, whatever you want me to say, I'll say. And I thank you that hearts are, are ready to receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew 24. Jesus is talking about signs of the end. Amen. And he says here in verse 1, Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the, bu- the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now as he sat at the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, they asked him, they asked him three questions, They said, tell us, when will these things be, number one, number two, and what will be the sign of your coming, and number three, and the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet." For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to the tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended and will betray one another, and they will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness, or in other words, rebellion, will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he, let's say that together, verse 13, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Okay, verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness, say witness, to all the nations, and the end will come. As I was seeking the Lord for the first message of this new year, 2022, I kept hearing him say in my spirit, I'm looking for a witness. I'm looking for a witness. I'm looking for a people in which the witness of my gospel, of my kingdom, can be seen and demonstrated. For the witness, you see, testifies. The witnesser, the person who is the witness, he or she testifies of what they have seen and what they've heard. God is looking for a witness, someone who personally has tasted and seen the goodness of the Lord. Someone who has experienced the power of his love and his might. Someone who has been changed by the working of the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, in their lives. In his life, in ministry, Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, perfectly represented the Father by doing only what the Father did and saying only what the Father told him to say. Listen, we would always have 100% success if you and I would just learn to wait upon the Lord and allow him to begin to show us things that he wants us to do. And number two, speak only those things that he wants us to speak. Well, James says, if we can tame our tongue, we become a perfect man. Ladies, you become a perfect woman. When we learn to tame our tongues, to see and hear, to see and hear 
one of the primary truths that Jesus proved is that it is simply impossible to represent God accurately without also demonstrating his power. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 and 24, it says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Verse 24, Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all, all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. In other words, Jesus made those that were not whole, whole again. Amen. 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 How many know there's hope in Jesus? There's always hope. It doesn't matter how hopeless your situation may be. It doesn't matter what the doctor has said. It doesn't matter what your body is screaming out in pain telling you all the time. It doesn't matter what's happening in your home. It doesn't matter what happens in the government house. Listen, Jesus Christ brings hope. He is the hope of the gospel. He is the light of the world. Jesus has called us. He has commissioned us. To represent him. And notice that Jesus' earthly ministry was 50% teaching and preaching and 50% healing and delivering. Say 50%. Opening my mouth. 50%. Walk in the talk. Jesus is looking for us. He's looking for a witness, and in Mark chapter 16, we know part of the Great Commission, he tells us, in Mark 16, you know this, you could probably recite this from memory, verse 15, he says, go into, the, into all the world and preach, there we go, 50% of what we're to do, preach the gospel, that's 50% of the commission, is to preach the gospel, to proclaim the gospel, to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, that God is for us and he's not against us, that God has provided a way where there doesn't seem to be a way, that he is our deliverer, he is our healer, he is our provider, he is our protector, he is our all in all. It says in verse 16, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. It's as simple as that. Do you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you been baptized in his name? Then you shall be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. Verse 17 and 18. And these signs will follow those who believe. You said you're believers, right? Then this is going to authenticate that you're truly a believer of Jesus Christ. In my name, in the name of Jesus, not in our names, we can't do anything apart from him, but in the name of Jesus, we will, or they will, cast out demons. Come on, somebody. New Year's Eve service, we cast a demon out of somebody in the prayer line. That person wasn't demon-possessed, but they were demon-harassed. And we told that demon, we led that person in a prayer, because how many know we have authority in the name of Jesus as a believer? And we can speak to those things that are not, and they, they will be, if we know who we are. We're not speaking in our own accord, we're speaking in the full authority of Jesus, in his name. They will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents. That doesn't mean we handle snakes. Don't worry about it. We don't have snakes in a, in a chest in the back of the church. No, we don't do that but it means taking authority over the devil. 
Not allowing the devil to dictate our lives and the quality of our lives. Too many Christians just let things happen. They just let things happen to them. Sickness comes, oh, I guess I'm getting that sickness. All of a sudden, things start happening where this breaks down and that breaks down and the kids need this and the kids need that and you're just going, Lord, how am I going to get out of this mess? I know what I'll do. I'll hold back my tithe. The Lord will understand. Or you can release that tithe, that seed, as Isaiah was talking about, and watch God supernaturally stop the enemy from devouring from you and open the windows of heaven that you don't have room enough to contain it all. Jesus has come to give us life, church. If we drink any deadly thing, it's by no means going to hurt us. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen. Jesus, number two, has empowered us to live like him. In Acts chapter 1, verse 4 through 5, and then verse 8, let's just read that. And being assembled together with them, he, speaking of Jesus, commanded them, this is before he departed, before he went up and ascended up to heaven after he was risen from the dead and appeared to them for 40 days. He told them to wait for 10 days, and the Holy Spirit came on the day of 50, which is Pentecost. That's when the Holy Ghost came and the church was born. Amen. But he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait, but to wait. Oh, man, if you can mark in your Bible, circle wait. For the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now, verse 8, but you shall receive power. Again, say power. You'll receive power when? When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. We have no power at all. We have absolutely no power of God without the Holy Spirit, the third person in the Trinity. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us, then we become powerhouses for Jesus. We're like the Clark Kents going into the phone booth, and all of a sudden we get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we start speaking in tongues, and we come out as Superman, lady Superwoman, okay? But we come out as a totally supernatural, empowered person of God Almighty. And then he says, you shall be witnesses. How many of you know we cannot be an effective witness without the Holy Ghost? I've told you this time and time again, there's no ministry without the Holy Spirit. There's just good, good, warm, soulish things that you can give to people. But you're not imparting life. Only the Holy Spirit of God can impart life. Only he can heal and deliver and set free. Amen. The whole reason for the power of God, church, is to be a witness for God. That's the whole reason why the Holy Spirit came. In 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, the first part of this verse, it says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. Why? Why is the Lord continually searching? His eyes, even this morning, are going to and fro. His eyes are going across this whole world. Why? It says, To show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Hmm. The Lord's just looking in this hour. He's been looking, continually looking. Who can I light upon to be a strong witness for me? Who is ready? Who is, whose eyes have caught my eyes? It's like a baseball. Anybody play baseball in this place? 
Okay, Samuel, you did. The pitcher and catcher, they have to be in communication with one another, don't they? The catcher gives a signal. And which, which pitch the pitcher is supposed to pitch? He needs to know that because when that, when that ball comes, you know, close to 90, 100 miles an hour in some cases, some of those pitchers have a real gun on them. The catcher needs to know where he's supposed to have his mitt so he can catch that ball. It's the same way with us, with the Lord. Even if we're filled with the Holy Ghost and we're born again, washed in the blood of Jesus, we have to have our eyes looking up always, always looking up, always looking up. Lord, I'm waiting. What is it you want me to do? What is, you, is it that you want me to share? You know what? I think we get so busy at times, oh, all the time. We get busy all the time, not just sometimes. We're very busy people. If anybody isn't busy, please raise your hand, and you can come up here and preach now up here and tell everybody how you're able to not be busy. It's just a busy time. And life's only going to get busier because, as I told you before, time is accelerating because we're getting closer to eternity. But we can get so busy just being busy. We can get so busy doing good things, but they're not necessarily God things if God hasn't told us to do those things. If God hasn't shown us things and given us the words to say, amen? Church, we got to wait on God. We got to wait on him. We got to know exactly what he wants us to do. I don't know about you, but I, I get tired just spinning my wheels and not seeing any results. I want to see some results. I want this year truly to be a year of wonder, like the Lord told me. I, I want to see wonder. Every time I pray for somebody, Isaac's not with us tonight. Last night he wasn't feeling good. And, and uh, so we took communion after supper. And, I, and we went through it. And I told him about, the, like we did today with the bread, represents healing. We got done praying. He goes, Dad, I don't have that scratchy throat anymore. I said, of course you don't. And just out of abundance of caution, we told him to stay home today. The Lord's good, isn't he? The Lord continues to speak to my heart, and he says, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready to invade the earth once again. But before I do, I earnestly look for hearts that, who are loyal to me. For it is those hearts which have caught my eye that I choose to carry and display the witness of my glory through in the days ahead. God's not a respecter of persons. Can I tell you something really important? You've got to hear this, everybody. I'm just the preacher here. That's all I am. That's all I am. But ministry is not coming through Teresa and me. Ministry is going to come through all of you. All of you are gifted. You've got the Holy Ghost. Those who believe shall do these things. It's you. In fact, I can't wait for the day when I preach the word or maybe the Lord will say halfway through, Mark Larson's got the rest of it and I can say, Brother Mark, it's yours and you'll just know because you'll have the witness of the Holy Ghost inside and you'll just come up and finish it. I truly believe that. I truly do. Pat and Sue, 
the healing rooms ministry is really going to take off this year. I really believe that. I really believe that many people that come to Rochester, Minnesota, because of the Mayo Clinic, and I'm not putting the Mayo Clinic down, but they're going, to have, they're going to come in contact with the great physician, Jesus Christ. Amen? And you guys are going to need more people to help you out. You can't do it just by yourself. It takes a team. It takes everybody. Pastor Dan and Sharon, you know that. It takes a team. It takes everyone to help out with that. And so get ready because that's going to be the next plea. We're going to start put, putting out a plea of those of who, who want to be trained to help out as a prayer technician to, to do prayer and deliverance. How many times have I taught on deliverance in this church? There's not one of you in this place that could not stand up in the name of Jesus and cast out a demon out of somebody. You just need to do it. And you know what? When there's opportunities, I'll have you come alongside of us and I'll just say, just watch. So the next time you can do it. Can I tell you something? You don't have to look for demons. But when you walk in the full glory of God, demons are going to manifest. When you walk in the power of God, demons are going to manifest. Think about it for a second. Jesus, to fulfill everything pertaining to righteousness, was baptized by John the Baptist. As he got up out of the water, the Holy Ghost, in the form of a dove, came upon him, and the voice from heaven so there we see the Trinity, God the Father speaking from heaven. This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. The Holy Spirit came as a dove and lit upon Jesus, and Jesus being the Son of Man, the three in one, the Elohim of God. Immediately then it said the Spirit drove him into the wilderness to test him. For 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus was tempted of the devil. The devil kept on saying, you know, did God really say this? Did God really say that? He tried to get him to step out of his provision, his protection, amen, out of the things of God. And what was his response? It is written, it is written, it is said. The devil had to flee. But it said that he came back out of that wilderness filled with power. <laughs> We've been going through a testing, haven't we, around here? I know all of you have. It hasn't been easy. But because you've stayed true to God, the power of God is getting stronger and stronger and stronger inside your spirit. And you're going to be used. What did Jesus do after that? He went to the temple. <laughs> and they gave him the scripture out of the, out of the Torah that he had to read that day. What was the scripture he read? For the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to cast out demons, to heal, right? He said, today, the scripture is fulfilled in your ears. He closed that book, and he sat down. The religious leaders were beside themselves that he claimed to fulfill it, that he was the Son of God. Religious people and religion will always mock a move of the Spirit. They cannot receive the spirit, but you know who recognizes the spirit is the devil. Because in that same passage of scripture, I should probably read it to you. I'm just paraphrasing it today. You all know it because you're in the Bible. You can look at it, and if I'm saying something wrong, you let me know. But it, it says after that then, there was a manifestation of a devil in somebody in that room. 
I'm telling you, when the Holy Ghost is big inside of you, you don't have to look for demons. Demons will just expose themselves. Are you going to let those demons harass people or make fun of the God that you serve, the greater one that's inside of you? Of course not. We're going to deal with it, and we're going to take care of it right there on the spot. We don't have time to go around the mountain again. These new people coming into this body, they don't even know anything about Jesus. They don't even know there is a Jesus, probably, most of them. Most of them have never set foot in a church. We're not going to have years and years to put them through all these discipleship classes. We'll disciple them. We do have discipleship classes. Don't worry. But what I'm saying is a lot of us that have been Christians, let me just see by a show of hands. How many have been Christians for 40 years or more? Raise your hand. It's probably got to be close. 30 years or more, I know for sure. 20 years or more. 10 years or more. You guys, we've been around this block. But the ones coming in, they're not, they're not going to have all that time. So we're going to have to take care of things. We're going to have to take care of things. Too many Christians have been, have been cohabitating with the devil, and it's time that we get free. Amen? I said amen. amen. Hallelujah. In preparation for, the, for Jesus' first advent with the Christmas story, God's eyes caught Zacharias, didn't, did they not? A priest who was blameless and righteous before God. A man who walked in all the commandments and ordinances of God, as it says in Luke chapter 1, verse 6. It was through this man and his wife Elizabeth that a witness, a forerunner, that would testify of Jesus being John the Baptist would come. Amen. Speaking of John the Baptist, it says that he's going to come in the spirit of Elijah. And what was his job? Luke chapter 1, 17 says, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedience to the wisdom of the just. Listen to this. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Amen. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. That is our vision here at this church. That is our assignment from God. In 2010, the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, I want you to prepare a people for my son's soon return. The spirit of Elijah is upon this house. That's what God's called us to do. Amen. We don't have much time. My phone's going off like crazy. Sorry about that. We don't have much time left. And just as Father God sent a witness in John the Baptist, he's sending us as a witness to this community. The Lord's been speaking to my heart a lot about taking back territory. Amen. I'm tired of the demons that have been ruling over Rochester just beating us up. I'm, I'm tired of it. When we first started this church, we used to joke about it all the time. And we used to say when new people would come on, we're not going to see them again. Because that was just the way it was. How many you know you get what you say? And so then all of a sudden the Lord spoke to our hearts and there was a season where we renamed the ministry City of Life. Because we wanted to speak life over the city. You know, I prayed, Lord, send me to the darkest place of the world where the light could shine. I said, but don't send me to Africa. He sent me to Rochester, Minnesota two weeks later. 
I truly believe that we'd have more success if we'd be in any other city than Rochester, Minnesota. I'm not just saying that to make a declaration. I'm just saying that because, listen, this city is a, is a tough nut to crack. But you know what? Greater is he that's within us, church, than he who's of this world. Greater is he. Jesus Christ is greater in us. And we don't have to sit here and let the devil keep punching us around. We're going to take back territory. You see that receiving the harvest out there? That's going to be up there just for a few more months. And then after that, we're going to probably have something, another on the vision board about taking territory. I wish you all could have been here New Year's Eve service. It was powerful. Because the Lord showed me in Genesis 28, the story of Jacob, when he's getting ready to go out and fulfill his destiny. He comes to a place called Luz. And as he's there, he takes a stone and he makes it a pillow. Can you imagine having a stone as a pillow? We think sometimes our beds are hard. I always joked about how our bed was like the Flintstone bed. We just flip on it from side to side all night. It was so hard. But anyway... He goes to sleep, and the Lord comes to him in a dream. And in that dream, he sees a ladder that goes up to heaven. And he sees angels ascending and descending from this. And then all of a sudden, he sees the Lord himself up in heaven looking down at him. And he begins to speak to him. He began to speak to him. What did he say? I wasn't planning on going here, but I guess the Spirit wanted us all to hear this again. Genesis Chapter 28, if you have your Bibles, turn there with me. Verse 13, And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the God. I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God Almighty again was reciting the very, the very uh, declaration of his covenant that he had with Abraham that he had with his father Isaac, and now that he was speaking to Jacob, because how many of you know that even when people die and God has, ha has a covenant with them, that covenant never leaves the earth. That covenant keeps on going and going and going. It goes through the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. And now we come to the point in Galatians, it says, if we are of the faithful seed of Abraham, then we have the very covenant that God spoke to Abraham and the benefits. So for us, we have these same things and what did he say to him? Verse 15, behold, I am with you. God Almighty is with us, church. Know that, know that. Know when everything seems to be going, falling apart. Know that God Almighty is still with you. He has never left you. He says, I will keep you. In other words, I will guard you. We don't have to be scared of the stu stupid COVID-19 or any other variants that come out of it. Because if we take our place in Jesus we know who we are in Jesus. We can put a prayer covering over us because of the covenant we have. He'll keep us. Amen. Wherever we go, and he says, I will bring you back to this land. 
for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. What has God spoken to you, beloved? What is it that he has spoken to your heart that at Maybe it came as a prophetic word. Maybe it came as you were reading your word and all of a sudden that Logos word became a rhema word and you just knew that was for you. You heard the voice of God regarding a promise. Know that in this year, 2022, those promises are coming forth. Those promises are coming forth. They're yes and in Christ Jesus, amen, all for the glory of God. And God will not leave you until he has finished what he said he was going to do you got to stand on the Word of God. you got to stand on the truth because the devil is always, 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 the father of lies, always going to lie to you. He's looking for you and I to come in agreement with him. So we stay defeated, busted, disgusted, broke. But let me tell you something. If we're going to be a witness for Jesus, we cannot be any of those things. Who's going to want to come to someone who's disgusted, broke, down, defeated, No one's going to want to be a part of that. They see that all around in the world. But they need to see somebody that has something that they don't have. They need to see Jesus Christ, the light of the world, the one who's come to save and deliver us and set us free. They need to see the glorious light of Jesus, for his eyes are looking to and fro to show himself mighty on those whose hearts are loyal to him. Is your heart loyal to him? Have you been loyal? Maybe things haven't gone real great in your life, but you've always stayed loyal. You've always looked to the Lord. You've always prayed to him, even when you didn't feel like praying. You always praised him, even when you didn't feel like praising. You came to church when you didn't feel like coming to church. That's loyalty, you see. That's loyalty. In this day where there's such a spirit of rebellion and a spirit of separation and a spirit of individuality, no one's going to tell me what to do. But you've stayed loyal because you've been born again of his spirit. And that spirit of love will not let you step out of his hand. He's looking for a witness. A true witness for him. A witness. A prepared person who's ready to tell other people to get ready because Jesus is coming. I have so much more I didn't even get to, but that's okay. I think it's a good time to stop because you guys are looking at me like, wow, I don't know if I can handle any more of you today. God's good. Keep on saying to yourself and those in your household, 2022 is a year of wonder. 2022 is a year of wonder. 2022 is a year of wonder. I'm telling you, don't listen to the secular news. That'll get you down right away. Stay in your word. Stay in prayer. And know that this year is going to be the most amazing, supernatural year that we've ever, ever, ever witnessed. Because the witness of Jesus is shining through us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Please stand to your feet. Sue or Lily, why don't you go to the piano? One of you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just lift your hands one more time to the Lord. Because he's good. He's so good, and he's so worthy to be praised. We love you, Lord. We love you. We love you. 
And we didn't even get to that today. But on New Year's Eve, Lord, we read the story of how after you spoke to Jacob, he was so moved. See, church, when we have an encounter with the Lord, we're forever changed. And Jacob said, this city shall no longer be called Luz, which Luz meant the almond tree that budded. And I preached a couple weeks ago on that message, what do you see? And the almond tree I told you, which was Aaron's rod that budded, which was part of the article in the covenant, the Ark of the Covenant, represented resurrection, divine resurrection, divine validation, and divine approval. Do you know who you are in Jesus? It begins there. Do you know that you're approved of him, that he loves you and that he's not against you? Those watching by the way of internet, do you know that God loves you? He does. There's nothing that you've done that could ever stop him loving you. He'll always love you because he's love. Do you know that he's validated you and said, this is my beloved son, this is my beloved daughter. They're mine because they've turned to me. Have you turned to God? Have you accepted the Savior, Jesus Christ, personally for yourself? If you've never asked Jesus to be Lord of your life, I'm not saying be a churchgoer. I'm not saying, um, you know, do this or that. No. Have you ever come to the place where you realize that you're a sinner and that you need a Savior? If you haven't, all you have to do is say a simple prayer from your heart. I'll lead you in it, and those of us here in this congregation will say it with you. So say this. Say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. I'm not capable of living a righteous, holy life apart from you. I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on that cross. His blood was shed for me that I could be cleansed and set free. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Let me become born again of your spirit. I thank you, Lord, that I will live all my days for you. And right now, at this moment, because I've confessed you as my Lord, you have written my name in your book of life, and heaven is my home. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So once you know that you're his, then what happened was Jacob renamed that city to Bethel. And Bethel means the house of the Lord. The house of the Lord is where the presence of God is. The presence of God now can be in your life and guide you and direct you. Just lift your hands one more time. I'm going to let you go, I promise. But say, Father God, I thank you that you have placed Bethel in me. The presence of you, God, is in my heart. From this moment forward, I thank you, Lord, for this. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer for the first time, comment on the internet. Let us know we want to send a book out to you that's going to help you in your walk. Amen.
Will you guys be blessed? Have a wonderful week. We'll be back next Sunday. Amen.